Street Fighter II was released by Capcom Company Limited in 1991 as a follow-up to the 1987 release of its first ever fighting game, Street Fighter. The sequel added to the original with multiple and playable characters, each with their own unique fighting styles and appearance. Among its many new features, it included command-based special moves, a six-button control configuration, competitive two-player multiplayer, and something then referred to as a combo system. Capcom had poured more money into the fighting game than any of their previous releases. When the game finally hit arcades in 1991, Street Fighter II didn't just meet the game developers' expectations, it completely surpassed them. The following year, it was released exclusively on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. It became an instant bestseller and remains one of Capcom's greatest home releases to date. Because of the way the game developer cornered the fighting game market both at home and in public arcades, over 25 million people in the United States alone had played Street Fighter II by 1994. Countless versions of the game followed, further popularizing the aspects of its unique brand of competitive play. It is currently one of the top 10 highest grossing video games of all time. As of 2018, the Street Fighter franchise is estimated to have earned over $11.27 billion. That's higher than most franchise juggernauts like World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy. It stands shoulder to shoulder with other arcade classics like Space Invaders and Pac-Man. Today, it is considered one of the most popular and influential games of all time and is credited with popularizing the fighting game genre. It wasn't enough to simply beat the game. People would return to play the game over and over again, wanting to master every combination of every move of every character and then use that mastery to compete against other master players. Perhaps more surprising than the game's success is the fact that one of the key gameplay features of Street Fighter 2, the combo system, wasn't really a feature in the game's initial release at all. It was an accident. Hold on to your potatoes. This is how Street Fighter 2 glorified fighting game combos. Let's wind the clock back to 1987. Capcom, a Japanese video game company and developer, released Street Fighter, its first ever competitive fighting game, into arcades. At first glance, everything about the game appeared huge. Literally huge. Capcom had actually worked with Atari designer Kenneth Hada to design an extra-large arcade cabinet. The game's characters appeared extra large on the screen, something that had been missing from most 2D fighting games of that era, and featured seven control inputs, one joystick, and six buttons. The game had originally featured two huge pneumatic punching pads that would respond to the force of a player hitting them, giving them a more realistic feeling for the game. But those pads were quickly replaced with the six-button layout due to the fact that players had been injuring themselves by punching too hard. They were going home with bloody knuckles. Players liked the look of the game, 
They liked the competitive play, and they liked that one could unlock and execute the occasional special move, such as shooting a fireball out of one's hands with a specific sequence of control commands. The game stood out, but arcade owners expressed that there wasn't much of a lasting appeal. In 1989, Capcom was in financial trouble and badly needed a hit. Executives suggested a Street Fighter sequel, which upon initial development was tentatively titled Street Fighter 89. But the game's developers had been overseas to the US and witnessed the success of another fighting game, Double Dragon. Inspired, Capcom would go on to develop their own side-scrolling team-up, beat-em-up, final fight. Set in the same universe as Street Fighter, up to two players were allowed to play simultaneously in Final Fight. They could play as one of three characters, each with their own look, fighting style, and attributes. It's important to note that up until this point, most fighting games, such as International Karate and Double Dragon, featured identical characters with near identical power sets and abilities. Final Fight was different in this regard, and players would take notice. Final Fight proved to be the hit that Capcom was looking for. It would perform better than anyone at the company expected and would afford the game developer the chance to turn its focus back to their Street Fighter sequel. They would drop the tentative title of Street Fighter 89 and simply call it Street Fighter 2. Hot off the success of Final Fight, the Capcom team began developing their Street Fighter sequel with a renewed confidence and focus. It would be bigger, bolder, and better than its predecessor. No punch pads. The game would begin with seven input controllers, six buttons, and a joystick. To leverage the appeal of competitive play, the game wouldn't feature two playable characters with identical fighting moves and near-identical appearances. This time, the team decided the game would have eight completely different playable characters, each with their own unique look, attributes, fighting styles, and backstory. From the large E-Honda, the sumo wrestler from Japan, to the super agile green monster man Blanca from Brazil, a player could choose a unique character to suit their mood and preferences. The game also featured Chun-Li, the first female fighter of any fighting game franchise, who would go on to influence how female fighters were viewed and portrayed in video games. She would become, according to Complex Magazine, quote, one of the most popular female video game characters ever created, end quote. It became clear during the development phase the game was already a quantum leap forward in what a competitive fighting game could be. After investing more money in the title than any other Capcom game before it, Street Fighter II was released by Capcom in 1991. It was a smash hit. Players would line up to play the coin-op as their favorite characters. Then they would line up to master the game as their favorite characters. Then they would line up to compete against their friends as their favorite characters, and when they'd finally had their fill, they'd choose a new favorite character. And on and on it went. One of Street Fighter II's most popular features was a subtle change to its predecessor's control scheme. In the original Street Fighter, 
It is notoriously difficult to execute a Hadouken, a special move. A player needs to hold the joystick down and then fluidly roll it forward and hit one of the three punch buttons at the exact right moment. Done right, a fireball launches from the character's two outstretched hands. A large amount of damage is dealt to the opponent as a result. Worried that they were being too strict with the input methods, Motohide Ashiro, a programmer at Capcom, Japan, and his team decided to open up the window of time in which one could execute these special moves by a few frames. This small adjustment would allow the game to breathe and players would be able to execute special moves more easily and frequently. A side effect of this new relaxed input method was that players could begin an entirely new special move before the previous special move had been completed on screen, effectively chaining them together. One would dovetail into the next, creating a combination. It wasn't intentional to let players combine moves into combos, as Shiro says, but it wasn't a bug in that it was planned to make it easier to do your special moves. Sure, there were other glitches in the game, the character Dalsum could be turned invisible, Gao could be made to throw his opponent without touching them, and Ken could be made to perform endless crazy kicks. But the combo was seen as a clean way to play the game, and it would give players a sense of discovery and personal flair as they each learned to fold one move into another to make an unblockable, highly damaging attack sequence. This desire to return to the game over and over again in order to find new and interesting ways to combine moves, coupled with the fun of competitive play against your friends, was what drove people to come back. Formal competitions began to spring up out of nowhere. The game had such a widespread appeal that it led to official tournaments sanctioned by Capcom and the creation of the FCG, the fighting game community. The first tournament in the U.S. took place at Milpitas Golfland, California in 1991. A few weeks later, the grand finals were held in San Diego, with the winner earning their very own Street Fighter II coin-op machine. There were some industry side effects to the game's success. Capcom's flagship fighting game was a huge draw and inspired dozens of game developers to create their own fighting games. Fatal Fury was released by Capcom rival SNK that same year. They were the only two games of their kind, but the monopoly wouldn't last long. 1992 saw the release of six more fighting games. Four were by rival developers, which included SNK's Fatal Fury 2 and Midway's Mortal Kombat. The other two games? Those were released by Capcom. And they were both Street Fighter 2 games. Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition and Street Fighter 2 Turbo Edition. Capcom knew they had a coin-op juggernaut on their hands and had been conducting informal interviews with players during on-site visits. This is pre-internet, remember. Game leads and testers would take user feedback and implement it in future editions of the game. Because it was essentially the same game, they needed very little time to develop a new version and could re-release it to keep up with competing developers without ever having to reinvent the proverbial wheel. Champion Edition unlocked all four bosses from the previous version as playable characters, 
and allowed players to compete against each other as the same character. Ken could now fight Ken, Chun-Li could fight Chun-Li, and so on. New characters meant new fighting styles and combos. Opponents playing as identical characters allowed for newer, deeper, and more nuanced versions of competitive play. Champion Edition went on to surpass the initial release in popularity. Turbo Edition was developed in response to a growing concern Capcom was having with counterfeiters and hackers making their own adjustments and alterations to the game under names like Rainbow and Thunder. Rainbow caught the eye of James Goddard, a co-lead on Street Fighter at the time. Goddard located one of these hacked Rainbow Editions somewhere in California. He walked up to the game and began to play for a few hours, analyzing the hacked edition. The game was broken so that any grounded attack move could be done in mid-air. Fireballs and sonic booms, that's one of Guile's special moves, remember, just so you know, could be chained together endlessly and the projectiles would fill the screen and fly in all directions. Additionally, the game was fast. Incredibly fast. Like 25% faster than Champion Edition fast. Goddard was so unimpressed that after leaving the arcade, he began to write a letter to Capcom headquarters in Japan at how unimpressive the hacked game was. The timing was imperfect and the mods were sloppy and looked unpolished. He thought the game looked like garbage. Before sending the facts, he returned to play the Champion Edition game cabinet located in his office's cafeteria for one final comparison. Goddard was shocked. Champion Edition didn't just feel slow, it felt like it was underwater. In that moment, he understood the appeal of this Rainbow Edition. The speed was addicting. Despite serious doubt and pushback from the game's original designers, who were mortified that the company would try to alter what they had all painstakingly tried to craft, Turbo Edition was released in 1992. It became nearly as popular as Champion Edition, and even renewed interest among Japanese players who had become slightly bored of the game's previous versions. The Street Fighter series had cemented its place as a force in the fighting game community. It would not be easily replaced, though many would try over the next eight years. The reign of the fighting game had begun, and Street Fighter would rule them all. In 1993, there were no less than 10 fighting games released to the public. In 1994, there were 15. In 1995, there were 21. In 96, 23. That's 77 competitive fighting games in less than five years. Between 1997 and 2000, the industry would go on to release 70 more fighting games. The rush to play each new release was so large, it would help fuel the arcade industry into a new silver age. This new near-fanatical level of enthusiasm, combined with the fact that fighting games were also being released for home consoles, would inspire developers to think of new and interesting ways for opponents to compete against one another. Fighting games began to evolve. 
games like Mortal Kombat became famous for elaborate finishing moves that could be executed after winning a match and would reward the winner by allowing them to perform exotic and brutal attacks to finally vanquish their opponents. Tekken, one of the first fighting games to use 3D animation, would explore the arena by allowing players to sidestep in a 3D space, opening up yet another dimension to be explored. Soul Calibur would further capitalize on the 3D game craze and would stun players with its innovative play and character designs. The Killer Instinct series, created by Rare and published by Midway and Nintendo, had its very own system that allowed for longer and more brutal combos. Potential damage could be banked and stored while a combo was executed, rewarding players for longer, more elaborate combos. For fighting games, the combo was king. Since its release in 1991, the success of Street Fighter II and its multiple editions has spawned three sequels, most notably Street Fighter III in 1997 and Street Fighter IV in 2008. After an 11-year hiatus, the latter sequel proved it still had the same magic it did nearly 17 years prior. Producer Yoshinori Ono has stated that he wanted to keep the game closer to Street Fighter II. Each match began with a short pre-fight intro, a small cinematic dialogue sequence which varies depending on the player's character, further deepening the game's emotion and lore. A new system called Focus Attacks was introduced, as well as another, Ultra Moves. Players could now read opponents' moves on screen and opt to cancel out of a special move or combo, creating a myriad of new combos for each character. The traditional six-button scheme has returned and new features and special moves integrated into the input system, mixing classic gameplay with additional innovations. Ultra Combos were introduced rewarding skilled players with long, cinematic moves featuring lengthy combinations of punches, kicks, and other fighting techniques. After nearly a decade, Street Fighter had returned in spectacular fashion and, once again, their competitors would have to double their efforts to keep up with them. This has been Hold On To Your Potatoes, a bi-weekly podcast exploring the stranger side of pop culture. If you like the show, please subscribe or leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to visit us at www.holdontoyourpotatoes.com. Additionally, you can find us on Facebook at Hold On To Your Potatoes, Twitter at Pod. that's H-O-T-Y-P-P-O-D, or you can email us at hotippod at gmail.com, that's H-O-T-Y-P-O-D at gmail.com. If you have any ideas about a stranger part of pop culture you'd like to hear more about, drop us a line. We'd love to hear more from you. Stranger is better. Of course, if you really enjoyed the show, you can become a patron via our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash hold on to your potatoes and get access to extra content and goodies. Thank you so much for listening. Talk soon. <laughs>